Good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today's installment of our Life with Jesus series on marriage is going to examine Paul's first command to the wives. We will see that along with biblical instruction, Paul will utilize our Savior himself as providing the example for wives to follow in their obedience to God's design for marriage. Thanks for listening as one of our elders, Chris Kuzak, leads us in today's message on submission. Good morning. So, uh, sorry about this. Uh, I had a lot of really good slides for you. But who buys a Mac, really? I don't understand that. It's, it's Pastor Ryan's fault. So, and by the way, uh, Ryan did make, I know some of you might have heard, but he was stuck, uh, right, Emily, in Atlanta for a few days, and uh, I think he finally made it. Uh, still warm, right? I, no sympathy here. So, um, all right, so today's, uh, today's message is on submission in the marriage, and uh, this is going to be directed, for the most part, to wives. So... Um, but not entirely. So as you'll see, uh, submission is not exclusive to women or wives. It is, it is a uh, universal truth that we all uh, submit somehow, some way. It's just how, how submission works for us in our walk. That's going to be different. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to be preaching to you ladies today. So, um, and we fit, you know, the elders got together and thought, you know, who, who was the best person to handle this. <laughs> See? Yeah. It, listen, if, if there's going to be a burning effigy, I just ask that you be safe about it. Do it out in the parking lot. It's fine. It won't be the first time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Jokes aside. Uh, so our reading today uh, in our, our text for the, for the message is going to be on page 1669. That's Ephesians. Uh, chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. And it goes like this. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, <clears throat> of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, so um, what I had uh, <laughs> uh, up on the, the slides uh, was a picture of a, of a catalog ad <laughs> from my, probably the 20s or something, I don't know, Grace saw it, uh, of a man, and it, the caption is, it's a man's world, and the man is sitting in his throne at home, and the wife has his dinner on a tray, and she is kneeling presenting it to him, right? So this is, uh, when we talk about submission, we picture that in our minds, whether you're a man or a woman, and it makes us all uncomfortable, right? So uh, that is not, I mean, that's not necessarily unbiblical, but that's not what we're talking about, okay? That is not submission in a biblical sense. If, if that works for you in your marriage, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is not what... I'm going to be telling you women to do that you have to make sandwiches for your husband and present them on a tray. Um, that is not what we're talking about. Uh, 
it's because uh, you know we're we're in the world and it's become more and more uh, liberal, right? In in the way things go, um, and so we have sort of a, a twisted or perverted uh, vision of what submission means, right? So, uh, just a couple of definitions for you. So, you know, submission uh, really means you know to follow, to serve, to help, to trust. So that's your definition of submit as, as we look through the Bible. Uh, when, when we see the word submit, not just for wives, but for everybody, that's, that's what we're talking about. Uh, and it, again, everybody's called to submit differently, uh, but everybody's called to submission. Uh, the other quick definition I want to give you is, um, is for marriage. Uh, so marriage is God's design for the family. Marriage is not a social contract. That's what uh, I think a lot of people today treat it as. Uh, you know, it's a quid pro quo kind of thing. Give and take. You do your part, I'll do my part, and everything will be good. This is not what marriage is. Uh, it's, it's actually not even a, a contract between two people. It's a contract between three people. It's a covenant between three people. A man, a woman, and God. Uh in Matthew 19, 4 uh, through 6, uh, Jesus tells us, Haven't you read uh, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. God's the designer of men and women. Therefore God is the designer of marriage. And he's the only one that can ordain a marriage. Okay, so a couple observations. Um, number one, and this is going to be a little controversial. Your husband should be number blank in your life. Anybody want to take a crack at that? Thank you. Uh, your husband should not be number one in your life, ladies. So God has to be number one in your life. Your kids shouldn't be number two or number one. They should be number three, actually. So, um, But yeah, it, God has to come first. That's the only way this works uh, in a successful marriage. For both of you, for the wife and the husband, God has to be number one. Your spouse is immediately number two. Uh, so when we say, you know, your, your uh, husband or your spouse should, should not be number one in your life, the world will look at that statement and say, yeah, that... That makes sense. I, I can get on board with that, right? But, um, but they would completely disagree on who should be number one, right? They would say, I should be number one. My husband or my wife should be number two. And whatever else after that. Probably my job, you know, my bank account, my stuff. Um, so that's where we see a lot of just really big problems in marriage in general in the world. Uh, because people are using that uh, theology, if you will, the, the idea that everything's about me, I'm number one, and everything else is number two. Um, so, we have to get that straight, number one, that's our foundation, Jesus is number one in our lives, everybody. Uh, your husband, and I want to make sure we understand this, if you're a wife listening to this, like your husband is not your your way to salvation. You don't, you don't gain salvation by 
submitting to your husband. That's not how that works. Submission is, and we heard this last week from Pastor Ryan, submission is fruit, fruit of your salvation. Um, it's the result of the Holy Spirit's filling, if you remember that. Uh, so your husband is not your salvation. Jesus is. Your husband is not your king. Jesus is. However, your husband is called to lead you and your family, and you, wives, are called to submit to him. Uh, again, not a social contract. The foundation of marriage is God's commands um, for a godly marriage. Uh, so this is, you know, when we speak of obedience, that's, that's, <laughs> it's a challenging thing for all of us, right? Um, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's, it's literally going to be impossible. It's going to be hard if you have the Holy Spirit, but it's going to be, it's going to be impossible if you don't have the Holy Spirit. Um, so, so all that being said, don't, don't look at your, your marriage, your husband, as a way to achieve righteousness or salvation. That's, that is not how that works. What, what a better way would be for, for you to look at your, your marriage as, uh, you know, your, your mission or your ministry. Um, it's your sort of first top ministry in your life if you've, if you've given yourself to God um, for both men and women, right? So that should be your priority uh, in your service to God. Um, again, not to achieve righteousness. The prophet Isaiah tells us, and, you know, Apostle Paul echoes that our righteousness or excuse me, our righteous works are like filthy rags to God. They don't do anything for us. Only Jesus makes you righteous in the eyes of the Father. So don't think of marriage as a set of rules or how, you know, how we're supposed to be. Uh, look at God and see what he's asking you to do uh, because Jesus saved you. That's how that works. Okay, uh, observation number two. And we kind of talked about this, uh, you know, submission, obedience, they're really sort of dirty words in the world. Um, feminists, you know, would say that the, the Bible is not inerrant because a loving God would never allow this kind of inequality or uh, allow a man to um, have authority over a woman. Um, you know, they, they look at Apostle Paul as somebody who's sexist and spoke uh, spoke differently than what Jesus did. And we know that's not true because Paul is an inspired apostle, right? So his words are God's words. He doesn't contradict anything. Um, so, you know, the scripture on submitting uh, to husbands, for you ladies, uh, it really aligns with everything else that we see throughout scripture. Um, so observation number two is wifely submission is in harmony with the rest of scripture. Um, you know, it's funny because they, we, we read Ephesians 5 at like every wedding, whether it's a Christian wedding or not. And I think, you know, it just sort of drives the point home that, uh, you know, Christians have some, some weird conservative like uh, theology that women are supposed to be subservient and all this stuff. And, and it's because they don't understand what we're saying when we say submit. Um, so... I think, you know, maybe that's not always the wisest thing, but uh, it is, it's the word of God, right? So people should hear it and, and it should, should work in their hearts, hopefully. 
Um, but, you know, when they, hear, when they hear Ephesians 5, they hear women need to be at home barefoot making sandwiches. But we know that's not what it says, right, ladies? Gentlemen, we know that, right? Um, so when we go through Scripture, uh, you know, we need to, whether it's Ephesians 5 or any other Scripture that we're reading, we need to do, we need to read it with a sort of foundational understanding of who God is and what God wants um, and what He expects of us. Uh all throughout scripture, we see instruction on how God expects his children, men and women, uh, to treat people. Uh, in Matthew 12, 31, he, uh, we're told to love them. Galatians 6, 10, we're told to do good to them. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, we're told to encourage them. Galatians 5, 13, we're told to serve them. Ephesians 4, 32, we're told to be kind and forgive them. Galatians 6, 2, we're told to bear their burdens with them. And in Philippians 2, 3, we're told to value them above ourselves. So all of that is very much in line with submission to your uh, husband, ladies. And, and husbands, and I'm, I'm told I can't uh, step on Phil's message next week, but he's going to be preaching to you guys, and he's going to tell you what you got to do. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. You got the easy one. But, uh, but there, there's, there's a common thread there, right? Like, we're, we're called to treat everybody as more valuable than ourselves. So even if you forget about all the stuff about, you know, how marriages work and the hierarchy and how, you, you know, women submit and men have authority, if you forget all of that, you still end up with the same principles that God demands of all of us, which is to treat each other better than we treat ourselves. Um, okay, I think that one's beaten to death. Uh, you know, so th- this, is, this is hard because we're sinful, right? And, and sin makes it hard to put anybody above ourselves. Um, we don't want any authority over us, whether we're a man or a woman. Um, I was uh, I was telling this story a couple of weeks ago in our counseling class. There there was a uh, a time I, w- I was dating a gal, and uh, it was not my wife. It was a different gal, but this was before my wife, so it was okay. <laughs> um, but uh, things were getting serious, and I met I met her folks, and uh, her mom. Well, both her folks were were Catholic, but her mom was Catholic, like. Hardcore Catholic, right? And she was grilling me about God, and I was not—I wasn't a believer yet. I mean, I knew—I knew God existed, and I, you know, was the guy who walked in nature and felt God's presence, and didn't understand Jesus or anything like that. Um, but I was—I mean, she grilled me hard, and I—I uh, I walked away from that thinking, "Geez, I—I uh, I didn't get any licks in." You know, I was just trying to be respectful to my girlfriend then, and. Uh, you know, so you walk away feeling like, geez, I, uh, I got a lot to say about that. So I, I wrote a letter, you know, one of those letters you write and you're not going to send, kind of just get all of this stuff off your chest. And uh, I don't remember anything I wrote in that letter except for one line. I remember writing, I will not be a sheep. That was my position. I didn't want to be a sheep. I didn't want to follow Jesus or church or anybody like I had, like, there was a lot of things in my childhood that I could have leaned on to say, I don't, I don't believe in church or God or anything like that. 
that's not, not, that was not my position. My position was I'm, I don't want to follow anybody. So that's, we all have that baseline pride sin in our lives to some extent or another. Um, even, even once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're still going to struggle with that from time to time. Because um, that's born into it. That's part of our nature, right? Um, you know, even now, I, I struggle occasionally. You know, I, when I have to give up my time or, or make peace with somebody, I don't, I don't always do it cheerfully. It's, it's hard. Uh, you know, it's, it's like when you tell your teenage kid to go clean their room and they go, fine. You know, it's, they do it, but they don't do it cheerfully. That's not what God wants. God wants you to submit, right? He wants you to submit to him. Um, and he wants you to do it cheerfully. And, you know, so we need that basic understanding when we approach anything, especially marriage. Um, God knows us better than we do. And he knows what's best for us a lot better than we do. Um, so if, if we're willing, you know, to at least give him the reins, that, <laughs> you know, everything in our life, especially our marriage, is going to go a lot better. Um, okay, observation three. The Lions don't play till 3.30, so I got a lot of time. Uh, this is probably the hardest one um, for you ladies. Uh, you must submit um, to your husband even if, if he's not submitting to God. Um, so you must obey God even if your husband doesn't. Um, So if your husband isn't holding up his end of the bargain, just remember there's no bargain. It's not a social contract. It's obedience to God. So just because somebody else is not obedient doesn't mean you get to be disobedient. We're all called to obedience to God first. Um, it's a command to all of us. Uh, again, doesn't doesn't get negated because somebody else isn't doing it. Um, so, I have to stop here and do two disclaimers for you ladies, particularly. Uh, if your husband is leading you in a way that would cause you to sin against God, that you do not submit to. Again, husband two, God one. So, if there's a conflict, God gets the win every time. Uh, now, don't take that to, you know, an extreme and say, well, I don't know if God really, I, you know, God didn't speak to me in that way. I'm not doing the dishes tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's not what that means. What I'm saying is if, you're, if your husband commands you with his authority within the, the covenant of marriage to sin, you don't do it. You honor God first. Um, your first priority is living in obedience to God. Number two, if your husband is mistreating you or your kids in a way that's causing violence or harm, that is not God's design for marriage. I'm not advocating you run out and get divorced or anything like that if you feel like maybe this, you fall into this category. But uh, what I'm saying is that marriage, that person in that marriage is broken. Uh, and that is not what God, God doesn't call you to endure that for the sake of obedience. Um, because 
that man or you know whoever it is 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 sinning. It's it's their sin is manifesting in a way that's causing violence or harm. Um, that is not that's not in alignment with all the stuff we see in scripture, right? That I read before. So so if that happens, your duty is to bring that to the church and to help. That's what the church is for, right? So we're here to help restore that man. He's not walking with God. Um, so, you know, the, the threat to safety and all that stuff, that is not, you're not called to take a beating, ladies, okay? So if something's going on, you know, get with the church. Uh, our job is to bring, bring God back into that marriage and into that person's life. Um, okay, good enough? Okay. I want to make sure that's out there because some people, you know, they think when they hear submission and obedience, they think whatever is thrown at them is to be accepted. And that is not true. Your, your devotion is always to God first. Okay. Um, so when it's done according to God's design, your marriage will be a blessing. It'll just work uh, because it's God's design. That's how things work. Um, but ladies, if your husband is not loving you in the way that you think he should, that does not mean you stop being obedient to God. In other words, that doesn't mean you stop submitting to his authority. Your husband, that is. Um, with the exception of the couple disclaimers, you're still obedient to your husband. Um, and as we've, we kind of heard, uh, we heard from Peggy in the reading earlier, um, you might be... As, as a wife who's walking with God uh, to a husband who's not, you might be the, the method by which Christ has chosen to reach your husband. Um, you know, again, your husband is not your salvation and you are not his salvation. Christ is. But, but Jesus may choose to reveal himself through you, the wife. Um, you know, going back to First Peter chapter 3, uh, that we heard from Peggy earlier, wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. So your obedience extends beyond just how you operate within the marriage. It extends to um, how your, your husband is operating and how you react to that, Okay. Um, so again, you're always serving God and I'm going to keep drilling that because that is the point. This is all about God. Marriage is about God, not about spouses. I mean, it is, but secondarily, primarily it's about God. Um, so yeah, we should, we should approach our marriages as though eternity hangs in the balance because it, it very well might. Observation four, um, we're all called to submission. I, I talked about this a little bit at the beginning. Uh, everybody, not just wives, not, you know, kids, everybody. Everybody who's a child of God submits somehow. Um, so observation, observation number four, we see that Jesus actually submitted. Uh, we are all called to submission, even Jesus. Jesus modeled uh, perfect submission for us in his death on the cross. Uh John 6, 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 
Jesus' submission was perfect. Like everything about Jesus, it was perfect. He modeled perfect submission on the cross. He knew what he was here to do. He didn't know when. We know that from Scripture. But he knew, he knew what was going to happen, and he knew it was going to suck. Uh, he knew it was going to hurt. Um, in uh, Matthew twenty six thirty nine, 39, uh, we see that Jesus prayed the following right before his arrest and crucifixion. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus knew it was coming. Uh, he knew it was going to be awful, and he did it anyway. He submitted to his father. Um, Jesus took the, the punishment for every past, present, future sin of the entire world because his father commanded him to do so. For our undeserved benefit, right? So that we might also be able to call him our father. That submission. Jesus shows us that submission may not always be pleasant. In fact, it may be hell. But here's the good news Submission to the Father will always lead to victory. As it did for all of us. When Jesus submitted to the Father, we have victory. Observation five. Um, Jesus leads wives in submission by modeling headship of the church. So throughout scripture, we see this same design. It's God's design. There's a hierarchy. There's, there's, there's a flow of information there's a way that he has designed things to work um probably the most significant way is you know jesus being established as the head of the church right um paul tells us in ephesians 1 that god placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church um and then also in our subject reading today ephesians 5 23 for the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. That's God's design for all things. So God builds uh, relationships and fellowship, and in that fellowship, everyone has a different role. We've talked about this many times, right? So you have people who do work. We have people who uh, have authority. We have people who are in the back taking care of money. We have people, you know, in the church, we have all kinds of different roles. That's God's design, and it's God's design in marriage as well. Um, a wife's submission to her husband is her role as defined by God in the family unit. Husbands uh, are to lead their family in all things. Wives are to submit to their husband's leadership and be managers of the home. That's from uh, Titus 2.5. Um, in the church, we see, you know, the same sort of thing. We have the body, the family unit. Uh, we have the congregation. The deacons then are called to serve um, and then we have elders who are called to lead, right? And then we have Jesus who the elders submit to. Um, so it's the same, the same design. Why? I don't know. It's God's design. He's going to deal with it. Um, all right. So we'll get to the applications here. Uh, I will be the first to admit I, I know very little about women. <laughs> I come in 
I come in from the garage and my wife's sitting in the living room just uh, crying away. And I'm like, what? you know, I'm like, okay, who did this? I'm going to hit him. And uh, she's like, this movie is making me, you know, it's a sad movie, this Hallmark thing. And I, so being the man, I just, I, you know, I dive over the couch, I grab the remote and like, you know, <laughs> I turn that TV off because it's making her cry. And, uh, she yells at me. <laughs> she wants to finish that movie. I don't get it. I, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't need to understand. Like, uh, you know, God has given us what we need. He's put everything on our hearts that we need uh, to be successful in our marriage. He's given us his word. Um, and again, application number one. Build your marriage on Christ. Everything is going to be built on Christ. Um, how you love, respect, and submit to your husband is more about your relationship with Jesus than it is about your relationship with your husband. Um, if you start your marriage at the foot of the cross, it will be successful. And when I say successful, I mean successful in God's eyes. And that's the only success that matters, right? Right? It may not look the way you expected it or wanted it or anything like that, but if you do it the way God commands us, it will be successful. Um, Nicole and I were actually married by a justice of the peace in like a three-minute ceremony in the woods. Uh, neither, neither of us were, were Christian at the time. You know, we used to just get this thing done and get back to the bar. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those first years of marriage were tough. I was Christian. You were Christian. Yes, you were. You were. Um, it was tough, though. We weren't submitting to, to God in our marriage, and it showed, right? And um, Now, when we renewed our vows in this church, uh, you know, it's not like a switch was flipped or anything. Like, there's still a lot of work to do, and there's still stuff we're working on, right? But... But now that God is part of the picture, things are different, and they're they're better uh, in a lot of ways, and um, that's because the Holy Spirit is guiding both of us. So, um, make your marriage a blessing. You know, take it to the cross, put God first. Um, application two for the ladies: uh, love your husband the way God instructs you to. I, you know, I can stand up here and give you tips on, you know, how to make better sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> um, that's not, that's not what this is about, right? This submission obedience thing. It's not about uh, doing things right. It's about worshiping God. It's about obeying God, obedience to your husband, submission to your husband, obedience to God. Uh, you have that. You know how to love your husband uh, in a godly way. He's given that to you. If you have the Holy Spirit, it's in your heart already. We also have the word. Um, you know, it, I, I, don't, I don't need to give you tips or anything. It's, it's there. You know what to do. Um, our uh, New Testament reading, again, from Peggy, uh, did a pretty good job of giving us a roadmap uh, from 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 6. Actually... I'm going to take that back uh, just a little bit. So if you want to turn there, it was uh, page 1729. 
Um, I'm actually going to back that up to chapter 2, verse 23. Uh, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, this is about Jesus, obviously, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die uh, to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And then on to chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, uh, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. <clears throat> so I wanted to back that up. You know, anytime you see in the same way or because, you know, we want to read what came before that. Because Jesus, right? Because Jesus. Uh, that's why. You know? Uh, Jesus did it. He paid it. And um, we need to honor that and worship that and do the same thing. Uh, application number three. Again, for you ladies, uh, trust your husband. I think trust is probably just a little bit more palatable than submit to your husband or obey your husband, but really trust your husband. Um, trust him in his decisions and leadership. Uh, willingly follow him, not blindly. We know, ladies, that a lot of you are a lot smarter than us, so uh, we will we'll take informed, uh, you know, criticism. <laughs> um, but let him hold the reins, you know. Uh, and, and let him have confidence uh, and show him that you have confidence in him uh, that, so that he knows he can lead you. Um, I can confidently speak for every man here today, whether he's married or not, to say that we need that. We need somebody in our corner who has confidence in us, who's cheering us on, right, and praying for us. Uh, we need your help. We're like puppy dogs sometimes. We, you know, we need a treat and an attaboy and maybe a scratch behind the ears. But um, what we need more than anything when we're in the battle is to look over in our corner and see you cheering us on and praying for us and standing ready to patch us back together. We cannot do this without you. So, in conclusion, um, forget about the Van Heusen ad for ties with the woman submitting to her husband with a tray of food. Picture instead a couple praying. Um, a man reading the Bible to his wife. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's putting God first. It's elevating God in your marriage. And then doing what he commands. Uh, let's make Jesus our firm foundation in all things, especially our marriage. Um.
Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you for today's today's attendance here. We thank you for um, being here to give us this message, Lord. And we thank you for everything you've given us, especially your son on the cross who died for our sins. Lord, help us make everything about you. Help us make our marriages focused on you. Help us make our service to one another about you and worship to you and obedience to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.